kind of easy to like eat the legs off of the frog, uh, but then you get to the body and it's literally just like a solid brick of chocolate. So I'm sitting there like gnawing on it. <laughs> just like nah, nah, nah. I'm literally like picturing you like a squirrel with like a nut between its two front teeth, just like nah, pretty nah, much nah, 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 nah. exactly like that. And Travis is like, Do you want me to to slice that for you? I'm like, no, this is the way God intended for this to be eaten. Do you think they had knives on the Hogwarts Express? I think not. No. They don't allow knives at Hogwarts. Just other deadly weapons. Um, welcome to <laughs> Afternoonified, a mini. So, so the the tie-in to the mini uh, is that I went on vacation. Um, I mean, you've, I don't know what the the title of this mini is yet. Um, we haven't said anything funny yet. Nope, absolutely nothing. Um, so. I couldn't really get into the history of Universal Studios or movies because that's a full-length episode, and <laughs> Lord help me, I don't have the strength. Um, I also didn't learn, like, a whole lot of educational stuff at the comedy store. Weird. You, you could have um, just, like, repeated the, the stand-up bit at the whoever comedy <laughs> spot you bought at the store. Um, no, uh, for many reasons. <laughs> I told you about the comedy store incident, though, right? No. That makes it sound like I did something weird. No, Travis and I were waiting in line. This is a great mini. Everyone's learning so much. Um, So Travis and I were waiting in line to get in. And there's this guy behind us, like bleach blonde, leather jacket, older guy. And I'm, I'm like glancing over at him every once in a while. I'm like, this dude looks so fucking familiar. And so like we get shown to our seats and I lean over to Travis. And I'm like, did that guy look familiar to you? Because we're in LA. Like, you know, there's a chance of someone actually being familiar. And he's just like, yeah, that's the bassist from Green Day. And then I was like, ah, yes, the man that I had posters of in my bedroom from ages like 11 until 18. And then they sat him down next to us. And I have never been so self-conscious about my own goddamn laugh. (laughs) That, that's, no, that's too much. That's like, (laughs) that's like Donald Glover in Community. Like, I only wanted a picture. (laughs) If they reach poster on your bedroom level, they're not supposed to be real people <laughs> that you like meet at the comedy store. I had three goldfish that I named after the members of Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> One of my most prized possessions at age 13 was a copy of American Idiot. That tracks with who you are as a person. Doesn't it? But like he'd gotten older and like I hadn't been that person for a little while. So I was like, who's this old punk that I think I know? Now I got to Google what he looks like. Oh, yeah. I vaguely know that face. Yeah. Um, And then I proceeded to watch uh, two comedians that I had actually done open mics with in Portland at the comedy store. That was a real confidence booster. Oh, love that. What a great vacation. They're both fucking hilarious. Like they're way better than I ever was. So. There you go. Anyway, so I didn't learn anything of value other than I'm bad with faces. Uh, I am going to talk about something that I learned at the Natural History Museum, which is where you would expect to learn things. Hmm. Um, So right now, the Los Angeles Natural History Museum has an exhibit that's um, literally just different kinds of rocks and minerals. (gasps) Oh, it's it's wonderful. Um, Because it's just a big room with a bunch of display cases with pretty rocks in it and where they found the pretty rocks, and you don't have to read or absorb any other information. Oh, that's all I want in a museum. I hate re- This is why I like going to art museums, because you can just, like, go and look at things. And, like, you can read, but you don't really need to. I just feel like 
every time I go to a museum in LA, I've had a long day the day before, so I don't appreciate the stuff. Like last time I was hungover at the modern art museum looking at a like an original Picasso, sweating whiskey and just like, fucking hate this. <laughs> so yeah, big room full of rocks, minimal reading, highly recommend it. But I saw a specific rock. Uh, and I was like, ooh, pretty. And then we're we're going to talk about that kind of rock and then uh, a story about a rock that wasn't that one, but it's interesting. Cool? I mean, you had me at rocks, Emily. This is true. Um, so we're going to talk about um, meteorites, space rocks. Even cooler rocks. I mean, earth rocks. I, I, I don't want to shit on earth rocks. Earth rocks are also pretty cool. <laughs> but this one is from space. Space rocks. I mean, they're from space. I'm sorry, earth rocks. There is something, like, weirdly sobering about looking at a piece of rock in, like, a glass case and knowing that it was, like, millions of miles away in space. And that in order for it to have come millions of miles and need it to have traveled for millions of years. Yes. Like, a, a piece of rock that may be older than anything that I've ever seen or thought about, um... I also had that kind of moment with the dinosaur skeletons. I was say, you, you, you may need to stop. I'm getting a little existentially terrified. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So first up, what, what the hell is a meteor or a meteor, meteoroid or a meteorite? What is the difference? Why do you care? I don't know why you should care, but you know. I care. What's the difference? So a, a meteoroid is a rock that's still in space. Okay. Like, it's literally just a lump of rock or iron that orbits the sun, and they are small fragments created by asteroids slamming into each other. Comets also shed dust and debris, um, and meteoroids range in size from, like, dust grains to a small asteroid size, which is not small. No. It's just a piece of rock that's flying through space that used to be part of a bigger piece of rock. Yeah. So a meteor... Uh, is what you call it when a meteoroid enters the Earth's upper atmosphere and it heats up due to friction from the air. So the heat causes gases around the meteoroid to glow and catch fire, and the meteoroid becomes a meteor. Um, they are often referred to as shooting or falling stars because of the light they produce as they fall towards Earth. And I know like, some people might be like, well, that makes shooting stars less special. It's still a burning piece of space rock that you're seeing. It's still cool. It. Yeah, like we just said, it came from really far away. <laughs> also, you don't want stars to fall that close to your proximity. Like, that would be bad. I like your life situation. You reminded me of that scene in Stardust when she's like, he's going all the way to Ipswich to get me an engagement ring. And Charlie Cox is like, Ipswich? I'd go so much further. And then he goes and he gets her Claire Danes. Aw, aw. Yeah. Great movie. Charlie Cox is so cute in that. Henry Cavill was also cute, and everyone was cute in Stardust. Yeah. Even, um, oh, who's that old Italian guy with the eyebrows? Robert De Niro? Yes. It took me a minute, too. I had to think about it real hard. I have a film degree. <laughs> you know, <laughs> great famous actor Robert De Niro. Is Shut up. <laughs> Dozens of famous, successful, critically acclaimed films. Yeah, like Beat the Fockers. <laughs> okay, so mm. even the smallest meteors are visible from many, many miles away because of how fast they travel and how brightly they shine. Uh, the smallest meteors only glow for about a second, while the larger ones can glow for up to several minutes as they rocket towards Earth. Um, 
it would be weird if this only happened at night, but uh, meteors are more visible at night because it's, you know, glowing. They only fall on the side of the earth when it's dark. For We don't have time to see. get into that. Uh, so meteors appear in different colors depending on the chemical composition um, and the air that it's passing through. So a meteor with a high iron content might be yellow, but one with high calcium content might be purple. <gasps> purple. So scientists think that up to 50 metric tons of meteors fall on Earth each day, but most are no bigger than a pebble. That's actually more impressive the smaller they are. <laughs> yeah, 50 lot. tons of pebbles is a lot. Also that like 50 tons worth of pebbles can just continually fall on the Earth Every, Every day. day. <laughs> and we're, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It, it's one of those things, that, like most things having to do with space, that you don't want to think about it for too long. Yeah. It puts things in per- into perspective too much. Because, like, to even it out, we got to be launching 50 tons of shit into space. <laughs> uh, it's time for the Russians to get that elephant into the... <laughs> All right. So... Meteors that don't burn up in the atmosphere strike Earth's surface, and these meteors are called meteorites. Uh, Meteorites crash through the Earth's atmosphere with tremendous force, as you'd expect from something literally falling from space like a fiery Claire Danes. Boy, that would be unpleasant for her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was the whole point of Stardust. She was very unhappy. No, I'm thinking literally. That would not be pleasant. Yes, Sarah, Hurtling from space would not be great for actress Claire Danes or anybody else. Uh, I need to do a mini about that. Um, It was a pilot and he fell for like 35 minutes and got caught in a storm and it's fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. It was in like the 50s, too. So the technology was not great. Um, Anyway, uh, so when the bigger uh, meteorites uh, land, they leave holes called impact craters. You may recognize their work from the surface of the moon. And Utah. Presumably. And Utah. Oh, there is a crater in Utah. Good guess, me. <laughs> um, so more than a hundred impact craters have been identified on Earth. Um, and I assume many also haven't been found. Or we haven't identified them as impact craters. Oh, yeah. Um, or like, you know, they were a crater millions of years ago and then the Earth happened. Yes. Um, one of the most fa- famous, I don't know if that's a weird way to say it. Um, uh, famous craters is the uh, fuck Shehulub crater in Yucatan, Mexico. The dinosaur one. Fuck you! You ruined my big reveal. Well, don't give away where it was. Everyone knows where the dinosaur meteor fell. I didn't know that until I wrote these notes two days ago. Anyway, it's one of the largest impact craters ever discovered on Earth, sitting at six miles wide, uh, though it has been buried under sediment and parts of it, the Gulf of Mexico. Someone clearly didn't watch enough Discovery Channel. Jeez, child. (sighs) Aside from being very big, the crater is also very old, and many scientists think the large meteorite that created the crater may have triggered the extinction of the dinosaurs over 65 million years ago. Which, incidentally, I saw a lot of the results of that uh, when I was on vacation, as they have a lot of dinosaur bones. The tar pit ones? Uh, no, the Natural History Museum. Tar pit uh, is fucking great, though, but it was raining when we were there. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, so one more Best in Show crater before we get to the the weird thing I was going to talk about. Um, so the best preserved impact crater in the world is the Beringer Meteor crater, Meteorite Crater near Winslow, Arizona. Uh, More than 50,000 years ago, a meteorite weighing about 300,000 tons slammed into the Earth with a force akin to 2.5 million tons of dynamite. 
Uh, the impact left a hole over half a mile wide and 750 feet deep. Um, an analysis of fragments determined it was composed of iron. Yeah, it's a big fucking meteorite. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Okay, so now we're we know what a meteorite is, uh, yes. and we can move on to talk about the space rock that tried to murder a village. <gasps> Get Angela Lansbury on the case. <laughs> I don't know if she's who we really want on this one. I'm still convinced that that bitch was the one murdering people because everywhere <laughs> she went, every week, dead body. Well, how else was she going to make a living, Emily? She was retired. Did she get paid for her services? I thought she was just an author. Not just an author, but I thought that's... You, you ask oh. this of me as if I've seen a single episode of Murder, She Wrote in my You haven't seen life. a single episode of Murder, She Wrote? No, Emily. I observe it through osmosis, like everything. Did you not have a grandmother? Not one that watched Murder, She Wrote. She watched Wheel of Fortune. I mean, she had to do something in the meantime. Days of Anyways. Okay. Well... On the afternoon of September 15, 2007, residents of a village near Lake Titicaca, I know, uh, in southern Peru, were alarmed by a loud roaring noise and a ball of fire streaking across the sky. Uh, The sound and fireball were followed by another loud sound as something slammed into the earth, causing the ground to shake and debris to be launched as far as 800 feet away from the point of impact. Uh, The impact, which measured a solid 1.5 on the Richter scale, also left a crater that measured 55 feet across and 16 feet deep. She big. Yes. Aside from freaking everybody out and ruining a pretty piece of land, um, up to 600 people in the area began experiencing strange medical symptoms, many of them having visited the impact site before becoming ill. Uh, Some of those who were sick said they felt nauseated, were vomiting, and had headaches. Uh, Besides the illness, there were a few other suspect claims about the events. Um, Early reports included claims from residents that water in the crater boiled for several minutes after impact and that the smell of sulfur filled the air. Uh, Naturally, the people of the village were a little worried about what had just happened. Because this is like a remote, a remote village in South America. They haven't, they they probably have not heard a podcast about explaining the difference between meteoroids and meteorites. And meteors. Um, So... Meteorite impact was one of the obvious contenders for what had happened. Um, some theorized that the impact had released gases or even radiation from the Earth when it slammed in or had possessed these qualities when it landed. Another theory proposed that there wasn't a meteorite at all and that a natural geyser or small volcanic volcanic eruption might have blown gases from underneath the soil. The Earth burped. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Earth fart. Um, <laughs> other reports mentioned a fireball quote-unquote, as a possible cause of the explosion. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A Russian tabloid that apparently had nothing better to print claimed that it was part of an elaborate conspiracy in which the United States government shot down its own spy satellite, which spilled its radioactive fuel upon crashing in the Andes. Sure. Fine. Yeah. (laughs) We've accused Um, Russia of pretty much the same stuff. Yeah, with their radioactive satellites. (laughs) Uh, Everything was made more confusing by conflicting details in some reports, especially about symptoms of those who were sick, whether groundwater had actually boiled, if a strange smell was present, and even how big the crater was. Some scientists claim that it was just dust that caused people to experience dizziness and nausea. I mean, I have my theory. Lots of thoughts. Six days after the impact, scientists from Peru's Mining, Metallurgy, and Geology Institute confirmed that a meteorite did crash and had released arsenic fumes from the crater. 
Oh, geez. Uh, Testing at the site confirmed that groundwater in the area was contaminated with arsenic, and the explosion sent up some of the arsenic in the form of a gas, which made people sick. I didn't know that was a thing that could happen. Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of suspect, but apparently in some parts of Peru, there are naturally occurring levels of arsenic in the soil and groundwater. Well, I mean, it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Um, Peruvian health workers reported that they treated about 200 residents for various symptoms, but none were severe and everyone everyone recovered. And it was thought that some of the cases were psychosomatic. That was going to be my first guess, like before they were able to actually prove that there was something that could have caused it. Yeah. Like nausea, headaches, like that sounds like classic, like mass hysteria sort of symptoms that you Um, could easily talk yourself into if you hear your neighbors are getting sick from the mysterious ball of fire that just fell from the sky. (laughs) Well, some of the locals said that they thought that the loud noise they heard before the explosion and the impact itself were the sounds of the Chilean military attacking. Um, The stress Mm -hmm. and uncertainty of the event could have caused physical symptoms even without a physical cause, which not for nothing nausea and headaches are symptoms of anxiety so yeah oh yeah i can talk myself into getting sick real quick oh yeah it's a talent of mine i think this is why i'm like so easy to believe like mass hysteria as an explanation for things because i'm like oh yeah my mind could be an asshole real quick i've convinced myself i've had a brain tumor so many times (laughs) i was like you don't just regularly talk yourself into thinking you're dying Anxiety is fun. Um, love that. So some, as for the meteorite itself, Peruvian scientists, I love the word Peruvian. It just sounds nice. It's like it the cellar nice door word. of countries. It really is. I love it. So Peruvian scientists recovered and analyzed several samples, and it's estimated that prior to impact, the meteorite measured 10 feet across, uh, though it could have been far larger before breaking up during entry mm. in the atmosphere. Still very respectable sized meteor. Oh, Yeah. She is not to be fucked with. Um, However, the meteorite was not radioactive or harmful, and samples showed that it was made entirely out of rock, which is actually unusual. (laughs) Meteorites found on Earth usually contain metal, because those meteorites are better at surviving the stress of entering the atmosphere, when friction can raise their temperature to 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, The samples also had magnetic properties, which scientists Mm. attributed to the rock's high iron content. So it was rock that had a lot of iron in it, but not made Mm. of iron. Okay. This leaves one more question. Um, Why did people report water boiling at the impact site? So some theories point towards the obvious explanation that the the meteor was hot when it hit the ground. That would be my first thought, yes. Um, However, there are some people who claim that meteorites are cold when they hit the ground. And the fact of the matter is we don't really know for sure. Um, Available evidence indicates that just after landing, meteorites are cold or only slightly warm. And there haven't been any documented cases of meteorites causing fires or scorching. One possible answer is that like some sort of geothermal event took place with venting gases from underground boiling the water. Or the villagers were just wrong about what they saw. Yeah, it was like things get misreported easily. But also like just like the pressure of something that big slamming into the earth probably caused some stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, there there might have been like an underground spring or something that it kind of... Mm -hmm that bubbled up but um yeah so that's the story of the uh karanakis uh meteorite because that's the name of the village that it i did not mention that at any point but huh it's the the killer meteorite that didn't actually kill anybody the universe is weird oh yeah but now you know a little bit more about meteorites and i know more about meteorites than i did (laughs) i know what all the words mean now 
which is actually brand new to me. I I, I didn't know what the difference was. So yeah, let's learn let's something. Review. I learned something. Before we close out, meteoroids are the bits of rock that are still in space. Mm-hmm. Meteors are the rocks as they are hurtling towards Earth. And meteorites are the rocks after they hit the Earth. I look forward. I don't know why we needed different names. To either retaining that knowledge until the end of time or forgetting it by nine o'clock. Oh, it definitely like pushed out someone's birthday. Like, I don't have that information anymore. (laughs) I will be on my deathbed reciting that. I'm going to recognize one less celebrity if I run into them. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, um, now I was going to explain that there's two Sarah episodes in a row and not to be afraid, but uh, they will have already heard both Sarah episodes. Yes. I will be presenting something next time. Yeah, we can say instead that don't worry, the long, dark nighttime of our soul is over. You know, you get Emily for a little while. <laughs> yeah, maybe mine will have fewer dead children. Uh, Amy, why are you yelling? All right, guys, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> for more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to sobelowmedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.